Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. And we want to welcome Pastor Abram. He's a good friend of ours and of the house and teams have gone. Come on down, Pastor Abram, as you share and inspire our hearts for what God's doing in India. Welcome, welcome. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please be seated. What a joy and a privilege for me to be here in Bayside Church especially with my dear, dear friends, uh, Pastor Roz and Mary. And uh, as you heard, I've been coming here for 20 years, and uh, I'm not tired, but you may be, but, well, too bad. <laughs> I'm here. Well, so I thought I'll wear my Indian outfit today. Yeah, well done. Just, Give something different, right? Okay. And, uh, well, it's an amazing church here. As you heard that you have been the largest supporter of our ministry in this nation of Australia. Wow. Amen. Not that the other churches are smaller. There are churches which are bigger than your churches. But unfortunately, they don't have a bigger heart. Amen. It all comes from here. You know, giving is a heart attitude. It's not what you have in your pocket. It's what you have in your heart that matters. Amen? Hallelujah. So God is a good God. And we are still surviving in the nation of India. And continuing the work of God. And the churches are being started. And the various ministries like looking after orphans and destitute women. And uh, all the various aspects of the ministry continue on in the nation of India. Well, India has never been the same anymore because we have been having the toughest times for Christians and the church in the nation today because we have a, a Hindu government. Well, we have had Hindu governments before, but we don't have, we never had a Hindu militant person, anti-Christian as a prime minister. You know, he could be a nice guy. You have seen him coming through Australia, saying all good things and beating the drums and all that. But for Christians, that he has made it a, a difficult task for us to survive and live in the nation of India. Ever since he has taken over, the militant groups which are working against the church have become more open and more blatant and more severe in their attacks against Christianity, against India, against the church. And several pastors have been killed. Killed means brutally killed. You know, stabbed several times. And some of them burned. And the churches burned down. And... Uh, they are working on an agenda that by the year 2021, they will wipe out Christianity from the nation of India. Well, be my guest. Don't you think? You know, let them try anything that they want. And I believe that church has always grown in the midst of persecutions. Do you believe that? You're not very sure. Maybe you don't know, do you? Eh? But it is true. 
It is true. You know, because we wake up when the enemy attacks us. Uh, we start praying when the challenges come against us. And that's what's happening in the, in the church today in India. And I've been sharing, I, I think some of you might know, that uh, the Compassion International was working in India for, I don't know, 30, 40 years. And they have been kicked out of India in a few, uh, few months ago. How many of you know that? People have been involved in Compassion. And they have been supporting 145,000 kids in India. So the government said, thank you very much, but no thank you, get out. And they said, what do we do with these children? Well, it is none of your problems. We have got six million kids on the streets. 145,000 will not make any difference. So that is a callous attitude of the government because they do not want the children to be taken care of. And of course, Christ being given to them. That's the issue. They say you convert the children and anything that you do, you are converting them to Christianity, which is true, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we do want to do that. And we don't want to apologize for not, for we don't do it. We said yes, because we share the truth that we believe. Yeah. And we want the people to hear that. And uh, so I've been challenging people, churches, my friends, through my newsletters and all. If anyone who has got a heart for India, because may, many people have got visions and burdens for various nations. But some might have the heart for the nation of India. And if you are one of those ones, I just want to say that now is the time. Because maybe in near future, it could be too late. And even if the money is there to come to India, but they can stop the funds coming in so easily because the government uh, we need to get a uh, license from the government, and uh, if you don't have it, you can't receive foreign funds. So it's very easy for them to stop it. And they are in the process of it. And uh, just a few months ago, and we, we, they came up with a new rule that all the Christian organizations which has got the foreign funds license, we want you to renew your license. And it's only a matter of a procedure for two weeks, and then you can have it all back. So all of us send our applications. We never needed to do before, because we had a license for, for receiving foreign funds for the last 30 years. Nobody wanted a renewal. So we thought, okay, they say it's only a matter of two weeks. We send it, and we are waiting. We are waiting for the funds to come. And uh, the the renewal. They said two weeks, we waited for two weeks, we waited for two months, we waited for six months, what's happening. And in the meanwhile, we've been hearing that they are uh, canceling the license. So that's what the plan of. The trick was to get all the applications, cancel them, so they won't have the license again. So thousand Christian organizations lost their licenses, including Compassion. And I was waiting for the license to be renewed. Nothing was happening. So I called 
one of the members of parliament who is my friend, because I've shared with you before, God opened up a door for me to minister to members of parliament, ministers, even to prime ministers in the past. Even only this prime minister I have not met because he doesn't want to meet any Christian leaders. But till then, from 1993, I've been meeting with every prime minister who was ruling our country and the ministers. So I called one of my friends and I said, I have a problem. I want you to look into it. So he called the department and he said, well, I want you to find out what's happening with this organization, get the file out. And he said, just wait for a few minutes. And he pulled out a file and he told the member of parliament, he said, sir, this is in the file of cancellation. This is going to be canceled. So the MP said to him, well, that was, but not anymore. So I wanted to pull that out and I wanted to renew and send it back to the organization by Monday. And if you don't do that, I will make sure that you lose your job personally. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good deal, you know? <laughs> so anyway, the guy thought, why would I lose a job for somebody's license? So he renewed our license for the next five years oh, and he God. sent it back to us. <laughs> I thought you won't be clapping hands. You should have been saying bummer. You know, because I'm going to come back again for the next five years. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, so, so Pastor Ross said that he'll be uh, taking an offering at the end of the service. There's a little family in Bendigo, uh, a husband and wife and three small kids, maybe five, three, two, like that, two boys and a girl. And they have been supporting our ministry, uh, young family. But last year, they wanted to, as a family, they wanted to build a school in India. That was the desire of the little kids. The children said, Dad wanted to build a school for the children in India. So they raised the money as a family, put the money aside, and they gave the money for us to build the primary school in India, which was done. Yeah. Amen? So we need some, some furniture for the school. We need a, a school bus for the school uh, so that the school can run on. So the funds that are being raised today will be used towards furnishing the school. We need about $20,000 for that. So that's what I'm doing, raising money towards the, this trip. So your giving will help us to equip the school that was built by a small family so that it can become a blessing for hundreds of children in the days to come. Amen? And as you heard that we got at the back, there is a hall of fame with all the pastor's photographs and, and the orphan's photographs there for you to sponsor them. You know, many of you, as you heard, have been sponsoring us for years. It's almost like me coming here for years. There have been supporters here in this church who have been supporting for years. And I want to thank every one of you for doing that. And we would like you, some of you to join them. And uh, we want $2 a day, $60 a month to support our pastor and family. I just read $3 for a coffee. Well, 
you should buy the coffee today, but don't drink tomorrow outside at Starbucks. But that money, you can keep half of the money and give half of it for a pastor. You can support a pastor and family in India. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. We are desperately in need of bicycles. You know, we need about 400 bicycles for our pastors. And the needs are there. So, whom are we supporting? Who is this pastor? What kind of a man is he? Let me just tell you quickly uh, a story, and then I've got a little message to preach, okay? So here is this illiterate, poor village pastor ministering in a small village, rented a small building there, and he was conducting his church. About 25, 30 people attending the meeting. And the only musical instrument that he has was a drum. You know, have you seen that beat on both sides? Uh, that's the Indian drum. That's the only thing that he had. And that makes the most horrible noise. <laughs> but that's the only thing that gives you the beat for singing. So he was running the church. And the people in the village were getting very, very annoyed by the beating of this drum. And they don't like the Christian church also. So they all gathered together and they, did a, they decided to shut down the church. So they came and they beat him up. They, they tore the drum and they threw it out. And they said, get out of this village. We don't want you here anymore. And they threatened the owner of the building. If you will ever do that, they will throw him also out of the village. So poor pastor had to leave. He had to find a place and he found a little veranda of a small house. And there he continued the church in another village. And he was gone, and about three days later, about 10 o'clock in the evening, the people of the village started to hear the noise of the same drum, but louder. And they all came out of the house wondering, what's going on? Where is the sound coming from? How dare this guy has come back to the village? And how dare he is playing these lousy drums in the middle of the night? So they were so angry, they came out and they wanted to know where the sound came from. And sure enough, the, the noise of the drum coming from the same building where he was conducting the church. So they said he has even got into the building. So they came and they were shocked to find the building was locked. The padlock was hanging outside of the door. And they opened the door. There was nothing in there. And the drum stopped. So they sat there for a while. And they said, what's going on? So they went back home. This drum beat started every night. <laughs> Amen. And now they started to be petrified because they, couldn't, they could put up with somebody, a man playing the drums. But now there's a drum being played with nobody with no drum. So they just got frightened. So they all sat together in their little, you know, council meeting of all the guys in the village that said, what are we going to do? We can't sleep in the night. Drums beat all night. So they said, the best thing is bring the guy back. Amen. So they went to him and they said, please come back. He said, I'm not coming. You have beaten me badly. 
I'm not coming back. They said, no, no, we won't beat you anymore. Come over. And he said, I don't have any more money to pay the rent. So I don't, I'm not coming. He said, no, you don't need to pay the rent. It's free. The place is free for you. Amen? So the man came and he started church. And guess what? This is a few months have passed by. And every day a family came in. And they gave their heart to the Lord. And today we have got a full Christian village just because of the drums that God played it for them. <laughs> just one man. And I'm saying, please support this man. So when I'm asking for a support, it is not somebody sitting around and not doing anything. You know, miracles happening and the Lord doing great things and, and people suffering for the sake of the gospel. And there they are, you know, with no fun, no food, no clothing, no livelihood. And I'm saying, give them at least a meal on the table every day. Give them a place. So your $2 a day will make such a big difference. So Phil is sitting there now. He'll be standing. And he'll be more than happy to get you signed up for that. And all you need to do is put a $2 coin inside a tin. At the end of the month, you make a difference to a family in the nation of India. Amen? Yeah. And the orphan children are waiting for you. And uh, I wish I could bring them all. It costs a lot of money. So we decided to bring a photo with us. Amen? Yeah. Support us and God will bless you. That's all I can say. Yeah. We can't give anything back to you. But we promise you that our prayers will do wonders in your life. Amen? The prayers of these children, these pastors, they're powerful prayer warriors. And they will pray and God will bless you. Amen? Well, I've got a few more minutes. I would like to preach. Would you turn your Bibles or earphones, iPhones, YouTube, iTube, I don't care what you do. Please, God help us. Amen. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy is the fifth book in the Bible, starting from Genesis. So don't look at it in the, in the New Testament. You're wasting my time and your time. Okay? So look at the fifth book called Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I think it's a powerful verse. And God has put uh, a message just burning in my heart. So let me just give it to you so that I'll be feeling good. Amen? And it reads like this, God saying, God speaking through Moses. And God says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. So I want to put before you today a choice that God has given to us. Amen. And what is the choice? It says choose between life and death. Choose between blessing and cursing. And God says when you are making this choice, we are going to have a witness so that you won't change your mind. Or you won't say that you didn't do it. So God says I am calling heaven and earth to be a witness today against you when you make this choice. Amen. You know, there are two ways of life. 
one is man made we have scripted our own life and that life is not very certain it is not very sure it is not absolute you know it is always just a fluidity kind of life we don't know where we are getting up to and there is a god scripted life that is based on god's word and when you look at that that gives us a life that is full of surety and absolute and certain and god wants us to choose god's script god's word and god's ways so that he can lead us and guide us and i want to say something to you here god says i set before you today life and death and this phrase that is written in this verse that you can never find in any other book that is in the world today except the bible you can google it you can go and look for it and you'll be amazed to find that this phrase i set before you life and death because this only god can put it before us only god can make these things to happen and the lord is saying this is what i am selling before you today and you have to make a choice let me ask you today if life and death is put before you if blessing and curse is put before you what will you choose does it sound like a question say <laughs> so just expects an answer from you not just looking at me blinking what language is that i hope that it is kind of english right so life and death what will we choose i sure blessing and curse what will we choose but it is such a sad thing when you look through the bible look through the generations people chose death instead of life people chose cursing instead of blessing that's the reason why god is calling us and giving us an ultimatum and he is telling you and me you can't choose the wrong thing amen god's word is kind of a manual that god has given to us god has given us so that we will work our life through it's like a god given compass and we know that compass always points towards the north is that the same here in yeah. it, 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 it is because you are living in the southern hemisphere i don't know whether it goes wonky you know so it points towards the north and i believe the north is the truth of god the north is what god has got for us in store and the north points out and tells us it is the blessing it is a prosperity it is eternal life it is a joy it is a peace it is healing it is deliverance every good thing that you want that is what it is the the, the compass pointing towards north and the same token the, the other end of the state silly thing points towards the south and the south is just opposite to what god has got for us every bad thing the cursing and the, the disease the sickness the problems all these things are there 
But how come man ends up in having all that? Instead of having all the blessing that the compasses point towards the north. I mean, why? God is telling you and me, you have to choose. And my message today is to make a choice. Amen? And the biggest problem is, man did not make his choice right. Otherwise, God didn't need to say this. If we were all running after life, when God says, well, go on. But God says, make a choice today between life and death. Make a choice today between blessing and curse. And what went wrong? Let me just say quickly, in the Garden of Eden, we know the creation, we know finally God made Adam and Eve and, and made them the king of creation and gave everything under their control. And I bring you to this point where in the middle of the garden, there are two trees. One is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The other one is the tree of life. You agree with me? Okay, if you just think that my theology is getting a bit funny, you can raise your hands and point towards me and say, don't come back again here, you know? But I will anyway. So, so, and God said, if you eat of this tree, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. So there is a tree of death. And there is another tree, which is a tree of life. And God did not say, you can't eat of this. Only one tree, only the fruit of one tree was forbidden. That is a tree of death. And there is a tree of life. Where it says, if you eat of the tree, that you will never die. You will live forever. And there's two trees standing in front of the first man and his wife, Adam and Eve. And God said, you make a choice. What did they choose? What did they choose? They didn't jump up and say, let's eat the tree of life, man, that we wanted. They didn't do that. They went after the tree of death, which destroyed humanity. The sin came into this world. Man got the curses from God. And life has never been the same from the day that they ate from the tree of death. And God said, they should not eat that tree or the fruit from that tree, so they they were thrown out of the garden and God guarded over the garden and the swirling swords and the angel so that they will not eat from the tree of life. I place before you life and death today. So that was one man. I will let me run it through quickly in the next 10 minutes I have. One man, he proved to be making a wrong choice. He chose death instead of life. And then you come to one generation. That is God's people. This verse was spoken to them. The people of Israel, the chosen people of God. God dealt with them personally. God fought with, for them personally. God did miracles for them in the land of Egypt. God set them out free from there. God opened 
the Red Sea. God brought manna from heaven. And God gave them the nice quail for them to eat for meat. And God brought water from the rock. And, and the plan was to take them to the promised land. A place where you will have houses that you did not build. You will have wells that you did not dig. You will have vineyards that you did not plant. Everything that I'll have it for you ready. That's the land flowing with milk and honey. But what happened? What happened to these people? Seeing God's power and God's glory manifested in their life time and time again, what did they do? They rebelled against God. Crossed the Red Sea, eating manna, and then Moses goes up to the mountain here, they are making a golden calf and worshiping turning their back on God time and time again. They brought death into their life when God was bringing them for life. Yes, yes. At the end, what happened? By the time that Joshua took over, every person who started from the land of Egypt died in the wilderness, except Joshua and Caleb. And there was a new generation that walked with them and walked into the promised land. Why? Why did this happen? Because they chose death instead of life. Amen? They chose curse instead of blessing. And you come to the time of, the, of Jesus. And now, he's dealing with the whole humanity. He started with one man. He made a wrong choice. He started with the one, one people. They made the wrong choice. And now he is he's dealing with the whole humanity. And he has to send his only begotten son so that he can stand there and call out to them and say, I have come to give you life. Yes, yes. The, the thief comes to, to steal and to kill and to destroy. Death hangs around everywhere. But look at me because I have brought life for you. Yes. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord. So hard. So hard for us to make the right choice. Knowing the goodness of the right choice, we choose the courage instead of blessing. We choose death instead of life. That works around the Christians as well. Why do I preach it here? Because many of our choices are wrong. And we blame God all the time. Why? Why do we make the wrong choice? Number one, maybe we are ignorant of God's word. Uh, number two, there is always a downward pull. What it is, the pull is like a gravity. It's drawing us and making us to do things that is wrong when we know the problem and the curses of the wrong thing and the blessing that is there for the life. Amen? And God says, you know, many times we are so clever, at the end of our life we will blame God. We'll tell God, God, why didn't you make it so plain for us? So that I could have understood, I could have done the right thing. Why didn't you tell me properly? So God says, okay, let us keep this straight. And God said, this is always going to happen. When God spoke through Moses, he did not speak through riddles. He did not speak through mysteries. He says, a straight cut deal. And I'm going to keep heaven and earth as a witness. Yep. And now, 
you make a choice and you know god even goes one step further because when you and i are wondering what choice that we should make though you all raised the hands and said life you all said blessing and sometimes we and we are staggering between two thoughts here we read like this god comes and whispers in your ear choose life did you read that god says i will help you if you can't make up your mind i'll help you to do it he said i'm putting before you life and death blessing and curse and god says choose life yes that's right so that it will be good for you and your generations amen yeah. have you ever thought that the choice that you make will affect your children yeah. will affect your grandchildren will affect your generation because it is all what god wants us to be and let me close my bible so that'll help amen he says i am saying to you today i'm putting life and death before you amen friends whichever condition that you are in today god is saying life is waiting for you amen god is saying blessing is waiting for you you don't need to choose death you don't need to choose a lousy sinful life You don't need to choose curse in your life. That is not God's plan for you and me. God's plan is revealed in the most simplest way we can understand. God says I'm putting life and death before you. I'm putting blessing and curse before you today. God says choose life please. Choose life. Choose blessing. What is life? Jesus is life. what is blessing following him is a blessing amen and that's what the lord is asking you and me to do get out of your selfishness get out of your own way of living get out of the things that you're holding on which is not pleasing before god that is death but god says today's life is your time today's life for you don't need death anymore today is blessing for you you don't need curse anymore god says i will break every curse in your life curse up to the fourth generation every curse that came in your family because of all the voodoo and all kinds of stuff that your your forefathers have been doing god says i'll break every one of them you do not belong to the curse but you belong to the blessing you belong to life Would you pray with me today and say Lord I'm sick and tired of living my own life it's not getting anywhere but today I accept what you're telling me and I take your advice and I choose life instead of death I want blessing Lord I want to follow you I want to glorify your name Would you like to do that Well stand with me we'll have a word of prayer I'm done Everybody stand to your feet please let's pray together I put heaven and earth before you as a witness against you. Choose life and not death. Choose blessing and not curse. 
so that your life and your descendants' life will be a blessing. Amen. Is that what you'd like to pray to the Lord saying, God, I want life and I want blessing. Bye-bye to the curse. Bye-bye to a sinful life. I want to follow you from today onwards. Would you like to pray that prayer with me? If you do, lift up your hands towards heaven. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone, Lord. Father, how true it is that we make wrong decisions in our life. And we do mess up our life, Lord. But today, we got the message once again. And you wish in our hearts saying, choose. Choose the right thing. Choose life. Choose blessing. That's what we will do, Lord. Help us. Give us the strength and the courage and the faith to do it, Father. Father God, we will not repeat the, the mistake that started from the time of Adam right through the world today, Lord. But we want to enjoy what God has got for us. Father, bless us, Lord, and you lead us. We give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let me just ask a quick question. If there is anyone here who have never committed your life to Christ, and today you feel, hey, this message is for me. I'm just running my own life, but I want to follow Jesus Christ. I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want to become a child of God. If there is anyone who thinks and feels like that in your heart, would you please raise your hand and I will pray for you at the end of the service. Is there anyone who wants to come into your life to Jesus today? I see the hand. God bless you. Anybody else? Yes, I need Jesus. I want to do the right thing. I want life. I don't want death. I want blessing. I don't want curse. Anybody else? Amen. God bless you. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.